Hello and welcome to the Russian Football News Podcast. This is a rather special edition of uh, away from the, the usual podcast we do. But of course, I'm joined as per usual by uh, Toka Thielaid and Andrew Flint. How are you both? Hey, Thomas. Yeah. It was a pleasure to be on. Good. Yeah, doing well, Thomas. Good to be here. Good stuff. Well, we have a really interesting podcast today. So we are delighted to welcome uh, Havard from Hosimar. I, I can't remember the pronunciation, even though you told me about five yeah, minutes yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. Glad to be joining you guys. Good stuff. So, Havard, you wrote, you released a really interesting article through your Norwegian magazine website recently about what you titled "The Slaves of Saint Petersburg," and this is about the construction of the Zenit Arena um, regarding yeah. the involvement of possibly North Korean workers. So, just for those who haven't seen it, although listeners, if you haven't seen it, I recommend you go and check it out. It is incredibly interesting. Could you just sort of describe the readers, sort of um, the findings you had? And also, I, I was thinking this morning, a, a bit of sort of pretext as to why you were there in the first place. Uh, well, um, uh, uh, let's go with the pretext first. Uh, I was, you know, uh, it's been a lot of attention uh, uh, for, for the past few years on uh, uh, the situation uh, in Kapai. Uh, uh, but uh, no one has really investigated uh, uh, World Cup 2018 in uh, Russia. Uh, and I knew uh, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, for the Winter Olympics in Sochi, in uh, 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 the, the, major, uh, at, uh, uh, the major workforce consistent uh, of uh, migrant workers building uh, the arenas uh, for the Sochi Games. Uh, and I uh, had this, um, I, I thought, uh, but I didn't know, uh, I thought the same uh, would be the case uh, for the uh, World Cup in 2018. Uh, and then I saw uh, through my Twitter feed uh, a little uh, story about uh, the death of a, a worker from North Korea uh, outside the Senate arena. Uh, so uh, uh, then I, uh, at this point, it was in December, uh, I decided uh, I want to go to Russia and uh, try to investigate and uh, try to find out, you know, how involved uh, migrant workers are uh, in building uh, the arena. Uh, and uh, what I found out, you know, the, the Senate Arena, they started building it in 2006. And, uh, uh, and it's still not finished, even after uh, 11 years of uh, construction. Uh, during these 11 years, there have been thousands and thousands of, work, of, uh, of workers uh, working uh, at the, the arena. And uh, uh, my sources, uh, which uh, is, uh, you know, uh, subcontractors, uh, migrant workers, uh, Transparency International and NGOs, uh, they all tell the same story that, uh, you know, uh, uh, up till 80% uh, of the workforce uh, at Zenit Arena uh, consists of uh, migrant workers. Uh, and in Russia, uh, not only on, uh, uh, on construction site, but maybe especially on construction site, uh, uh, there is, you know, uh, uh, violations and uh, abuse of uh, migrant workers. They don't have work uh, contracts. Uh, they, uh, many uh, of the workers don't uh, get uh, salary as promised, and many don't uh, get any pay at all. I mean, you said the the migrant worker. This, like I said, 
well, like I haven't said, but I'm thinking that this is not just the Zenit arena. This is a, an issue across the whole of Russia. Of course, we see a lot of um, Kazakhs, Uzbeks and Tajikis. And I'm assuming this is the, the major workforce on the site here. Uh, I'm assuming the same, but uh, and, uh, and when I went to Russia, my plan was to 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 uh, to go to Ekaterinburg and Volgograd uh, as well as Saint Petersburg, but it was really really hard to you know to uh, uh, to uh, to get to meet the migrant workers uh, because the migrant uh, communities are afraid of cooperating with uh, journalists. Uh, the NGOs are, ha, have been targeted by the Kremlin for the uh, last few years. Uh, so everybody is, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, afraid to talk to, uh, especially independent foreign journalists. Uh, um, um, but uh, uh, I think you're right. I think it's uh, fair to assume that uh, what uh, we have discovered um, uh, in uh, Saint Petersburg. Also, um, uh, I, I think you can see the same at the, the, the other arenas across Russia. So the main headline of the, the article that you published is about the North Korean workers. So what, yeah. what, was, the, what was the everything going on there? Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the use of uh, North Korean workers is, uh, uh, is, uh, is really controversial because uh, North Korea, uh, 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 most countries in the world boycotts uh, or sanction North Korea because of uh, 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 the nuclear, uh, weapon, their nuclear weapons program. Uh, uh, so the regime uh, has a very limited uh, sources of, uh, of income. And the, uh, and, the, and the North Korean regime's most important source of income is their export of uh, workers. These workers are practically slaves because uh, when they arrive at the, their designated uh, country, uh, they are, uh, you know, uh, they don't get to keep their passports. Uh, they were, they, they live in camps that, you know, uh, resembles uh, prisons. Um, Shipping and, uh, containers as well, I read on your piece. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the North Koreans I I, I met in 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 uh, Saint Petersburg uh, lived in uh, shipping containers. You know, really outdated shipping containers uh, behind um, uh, fe uh, fences with barbed wire on top. Uh, uh, the North Korean colleagues and other people uh, tells me that they work from seven in the morning till midnight every day, seven days a week. Uh, you know the concept of a day off is uh, is unknown to them, um, and uh, so all they do is uh, work and uh, get some sleep sleep in between. I mean, just to bring the other the other two in now, Toker and Andrew. Andrew, I'm going to come to you first. I mean, what what was your reaction to this piece? I mean, obviously we talk about the the World Cup quite a lot on this podcast and on Russian football news in general, but this is. I mean, Havel's given us a, a great insight there. And like I said before, if readers haven't read the piece, they should really go and check it out. But Andrew, what was the thing that sort of, maybe not shocked you, but what was your reaction? I mean, I can probably predict the answer here. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not completely shocked by the entire concept of, of the article. I think it's, um, I mean, Howard, I'd like to thank you personally for writing it, because I think these things need to be done. People need, they need to know. Um, it's it shocked me quite to the extent and the, the numbers involved, the numbers of workers. I mean, I even mentioned to I mentioned this to my father last night and he he couldn't understand why 
why North Korean workers? And I honestly didn't know anything about the process that you mentioned in in the article. Now, I mean, I live in I live in Siberia. I live not far from Yekaterinburg, in fact. Um, and I've been past the construction site there, and I'm pretty sure it's the same in most cities in Russia that there is a, a huge, well, like you mentioned in in your piece, a huge immigrant workforce um, that cover most of these jobs and. Uh, I think what shocked me the most, really, was that um, you mentioned in your article that there used to be, up, up until three or four years ago, I think you said 10 organisations that look after or try to help the rights of migrant workers, and now there are only three. I mean, Harvard, I guess I'd like to ask you, um, do you, do you have any idea do you have a strong idea exactly how and why these organizations don't exist anymore is it a well i, I imagine yeah. that i mean what what do you know about this can you can you shed it, some light on that well i i think this is official uh, russian policy uh you know since i think uh since 2012 or 2013 uh, um, uh the authorities uh decided uh, that uh, 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 to be more aggressive uh, 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 towards uh, the NGOs. Um, so many, many NGOs, uh, also in St. Petersburg, has been shut down or folded uh, for the last couple of years. You know, it says a lot when the Red Cross uh, offices in St. Petersburg don't want to talk to, to, to foreign reporters. And, uh, and uh, the explanation for that is, is that they're afraid of, uh, uh, of uh, meeting, meeting with foreign uh, journalists because uh, uh, interacting with the foreign uh, journalists uh, mean, means in the eyes of the government uh, that there is so, so, uh, some sort of collaborating with the foreign agents. Uh, so uh, these NGOs that, that are still existing uh, they are existing, um, uh, but uh, they, they feel the pressure uh, from the government and they are really careful about uh, what they will tell you. So, I mean, Howard, would you say then that under this atmosphere that what they are actually able to do is severely limited then by the pressure put on them? And also, would you, I mean, do you know of what the international community is able able to do about this? Is there anything at all that can be done to safeguard the work that these NGOs do? Or is it just too complicated to do that? Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, for, for the international com community, I don't have the answer to, to, how, to how to solve this problem. This is, uh, 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 you know, this is official policy uh, uh, from the Putin administration. Uh, so, um, uh, and you know, just in January, uh, a Norwegian uh, uh, environmental uh, organization, Belona, had to shut down its offices in St. Petersburg because they were accused of uh, being foreign agents. Uh, so they used this, um, this argument that uh, NGOs are foreign agents. Uh, and uh, the NGOs, um, because they if you if you get accused of being foreign agent you're likely to get shut down and one of the ways to to still keep ongoing is not to talk to to, to foreign journalists 
I mean, this is all fascinating st stuff. And Toka, I'm sorry, I've left you out of sort of the first big part of that discussion. But what would you, what would your input be on this? Um, yeah, well, as Andrew said, I wasn't too shocked about uh, to read about all the the use of migrant workers. I earlier today I read that um, the Senate Arena is expected to be fully constructed by the end of this month. I mean, that that's by tomorrow actually. Um, and then I read. I read your story about how how there was water drainage problems and all these problems at the official opening ceremony a, a month ago. Do, how do you think it's it's realistic that this stadium is is actually ready? Um, maybe not by tomorrow, but for the Confederations Cup, will it still have all sorts of of problems? I mean, Senate are expected to play on on the stadium this season. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, according to you know to the the, the organizing uh, committee of the World Cup uh, 2018 in Russia, the, the Russian says that it will be ready and that the first uh, football match uh, will take place on the 22nd of April at Zenit Arena. Uh, I I think it's too you know it was to be a uh, uh, it would be a, a a blow for the uh, for the propaganda uh, uh, if if Senate Arena, the flagship of the new arenas, wouldn't be ready. So if there are any leaks and uh, and, and stuff like that, uh, that they will they will still play play football uh, at at the arena. I think. But but do you think it will be entirely ready, or do you still expect that to be some of these minor problems? I mean, you you read about uh, you wrote about ha having these warning signs to saying if you see water damage or problems call the following numbers uh, according to my sources uh, the, 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 there's still problems with the water system with the electric system you know uh, according to a, a report made by the uh, the, the, the the government uh, security service fso they had 22 uh, uh, 22 uh, uh, no, uh, what's it called? Notifications or uh, things that had to be uh, 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 fixed uh, before the opening. And uh, you know, it. Everyone uh, who's been involved at Senit Arena com uh, uh, describes this uh, construction site as a complete mess. Uh, uh, and I know that uh, one uh, subcontractor, uh, foreman at the sub subcontractor, told me that. Uh, uh, autumn last year, you know, the uh, the head of the IRS IRS in 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 the city was at the stadium, uh, uh, you know, uh, organizing uh, cosmetic paintwork. So it's been a lot of bosses, uh, a lot of workers, uh, but uh, no one, uh, you know, all doing stuff in different directions. Uh, uh, so uh, the process of this stadium and this, uh, the Russian uh, organizing committee for the World Cup uh, 2018, admitted themselves that the, uh, the construction of the sanitarium uh, has been very, uh, very challenging. I mean, what I was going to say was you mentioned the the organizing committee there, and you actually you said in your piece that you emailed the organizing committee, and you've got to give them the credit; they actually replied to you. I yeah, mean, yeah. I I was surprised. Yeah. So, what what did you make of? I mean, you asked several questions. So I'm not I'm not going to read them all out. But uh, one, for, a couple, for example, for just for listeners' um, benefit, uh, Krestovsky Stadium is the most expensive arena for sports in the world. Can you elaborate on the total cost? And then, of course, you asked them about the the North Korean workforce there, whether they're aware of that. So, what 
surprised you most about their answer, I guess? Uh, well, first of all, I was surprised uh, that uh, I, uh, they, uh, they answered my questions. Uh, and I, I think they answered it uh, quite openly. You know, they didn't hide the fact that uh, the construction process at uh, Senet Arena had been really difficult. Uh, they admit they ha they have uh, uh, they have uh, used uh, uh, workers from North Korea at the arena. Uh, um, uh, so uh, I, you know, when I was uh, in Saint Petersburg, I stayed there for two weeks, uh, and also after I got back home to to, to Oslo, uh, I tried to reach uh, you know official uh, 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 spokesperson for the city for the ambulance services and uh, and uh, others. And no one would talk to me, so that I got an answer from the, the, the you know the organizing committee. I was a bit surprised. But you you did also um, try and get in contact with FIFA. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, uh, I tried to ask uh, you know uh, uh, the the head of the the all the, the tournaments organized by uh, by FIFA is the UEFA president uh, Alexander Seferin. Uh, of course, uh, Yusimar had had uh, earlier investigations into this, and uh, 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 the Seferin is uh, was Rus the Russian candidate. You know, he was uh, more or less uh, placed there by uh, the the Russian Football Federation and all their allies. Uh, and and uh, and I asked Seferin about the many uh, you know uh, challenges. Uh, of uh, of a World Cup in Russia, like uh, you know the doping revel revelation, match uh, match fixing scandals, uh, violence amongst the fan fans in at Euro uh, 2016 in France, uh, about migrant workers, about uh, is it a safe travel destination for gay supporters, about Russia's involvement in Ukraine and Syria, and he was, you know, uh, the UEFA president's answer was. There are two types of people, positive and negative, and I'm positive. So, you know, uh, 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 UEFA and FIFA don't really want to uh, dig into these kind of uh, challenges. Uh, uh, and and, uh, and I, got the, I, got the, I tried to ask uh, Mr. Seferin uh, answers, but uh, all, the only response I got was from a spokesperson at FIFA, uh, which, among other things, said, FIFA condemns any human rights violation and, if identified, would not tolerate such conditions on any of FIFA World Cup stadium construction sites. And you know, this has no credibility at all. Uh, uh, human rights uh, violation has been happening every day uh, since, uh, you know, since Qatar and Russia was uh, awarded the, 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 the next two World Cups back in uh, 2010. Yeah, I mean, Andrew. Before I start bringing Andrew in, I just want to get a bit of context for my own purposes here because I was I was actually actually at the site for Zenit Arena a couple of weeks ago. So I'm just wondering what when you were there, just so I can compare it with my time there, really. Because I was there in sort of about three weeks ago. I was there, so I'm just wondering what sort of if any sort of difference was made. So when when did you visit exactly? When I I was uh, in Saint Petersburg uh, in February, from February 10th to February 23rd, uh, so uh, you know I was outside, couldn't really see much uh, because the, there are gates, and uh, uh, so w when when I was there, I didn't, you know, uh, uh, it looked kind of ready from from the front side. 
but uh, if you if you look at the Zenit Arena from the back side, from the seaside, uh, you see all these uh, hundreds of uh, outdated shipping containers. Uh, uh, I know there is a, a problem with uh, uh, you know uh, the water uh, uh, and the canals and. Uh, yesterday it was a huge uh, 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 story uh, at, in one of the uh, Russian uh, television news uh, about the corruption uh, on the on the Zenit Arena. Uh, uh, so uh, this Zenit Arena, you, you know, is a textbook for everything that can go wrong. Uh, you know, building a football stadium. I mean, I was like I said, I was there about three weeks ago, and the the fences you described are exactly what I experienced. It. I have to be honest, I was expecting it to be more ready after I'd heard quite a, well, obviously before you before you went out and did this amazing report, I'd heard quite a lot of good things about the progress, but I went and all the perimeter fencing was still up. And like you said, it looked, the stadium itself looked superficially ready, but you could tell there was a lot going on. For example, I saw a lot of welders still doing a lot of work on even such basic things as turnstiles and things like that. I thought that was very odd. I mean, Andrew, I just want to bring you back in on this here. I mean... What else have you got? I mean, after Havas, of course, expanded mm. on some more points since you were last in. So what other questions would you like to ask of our man? Well, I mean, Havard, I noticed one thing uh, you touched upon, and this is something I've long believed. I'm, I'm caught in the middle, not caught in the middle, but I have loyalties on, I don't want to say on both sides of the fence, but it's starting to feel like that because I live in the country and I want to see a successful World Cup like everybody does. Um, and I do get frustrated about the slightly imbalanced reporting covering Russia in some areas of foreign media. But mm. on the other hand, just, you just cannot ignore the abuse of, of work, migrant workers like you've mentioned. What I, what I, would, I guess I'd like to ask you is... Um, I think you touched upon one thing where you said that, you know, there's an assumption that it will be ready because it is such a flagship event. I've always convinced myself that whatever problems there are, it will definitely be ready because they can't afford to not have it ready. Do you think this is one angle that the, well, the, the construction bosses, the organized organization committee, do you think this is an angle they're playing on? They're assuming that everybody else will assume it will be ready so they can, you know, say I'm positive, not negative, like Mr. Severin said, for example, instead of actually dealing with the problem themselves. Do you think they're playing on these assumptions of people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to a certain degree, I think you're right. Uh, I think it will be, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if the, the, the arena itself will be, you know, completely ready, but I think it will be ready enough that you can p play uh, play uh, f football uh, on, on the pitch, and uh, and you know last summer they 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 fired the the, the main contractor at the Zenit Arena, uh, uh, the vice governor uh, of Saint Petersburg, uh, uh, Mr. Igor Albin. He moved his offices uh, and his staff to the arenas uh, because uh, they were. This was uh, turning out to be a, 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 a you know. A, uh, a fight against the time, uh, you know, w will it be finished uh, 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 and ready for the Confederations Cup this summer? Uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I think I think we will see uh, the games being played there this summer. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, 
underneath uh, the, the surface, I, I, I think they will still be dealing with a lot of uh, problems. Uh, just just one other thing, Howard, that I actually wanted to, to ask as well. Um, you you touched upon also the well, what seems like the reluctance of UEFA and FIFA to truly properly get involved and, and investigate and sort this out. I mean, I have my suspicions like many other people as to why this is, but do you have an opinion on exactly why this is? Is the influence of of Russia in within FIFA and UEFA so strong that the organisations themselves are concerned at perhaps the loss of sponsorship from the likes of Gazprom and, and others? Um, or is there another reason why you think UEFA and FIFA don't are, are not getting involved when they really ought to be? Uh, well, in my opinion, you know, uh, FIFA and UEFA uh, aren't, uh, you know, um, they they don't uh, uh, they don't uh, play by the rules. They they don't certainly don't, uh, you know, uh, fair play has nothing to do with FIFA and UEFA, and uh, I think uh, all they care about is uh, is uh, money. And I think that uh, you know every. Every, many people working at the FIFA and UEFA are uh, only caring about uh, their position in football politics rather than, uh, you know, the football itself. Um, Toka, I just want to open it back up to you, really, seeing as we haven't had your... We keep having these big gaps, but having Havard on is such a privilege for us that we're just determined to get every ounce of his words out. So, I mean, Toka, what, what other questions would you put to him? Well, now we're speaking about FIFA and UEFA, have have you heard anything since you published this piece? Have you heard anything from FIFA about the, I mean, you've documented the human rights violations very well at the stadium. Guardian have written about it before. There have been so many reports uh, sharing these problems. Have, have you heard anything from FIFA since then? No, I haven't heard anything uh, from FIFA and I'm a bit surprised no one has uh, asked them any questions uh, regarding this uh, article because uh, I can't uh, see anybody following following uh, this uh, story up and uh, FIFA said, uh, you know, on a mail uh, email to me that FIFA condemns any human rights violation and if identified would not tolerate such conditions on any of the FIFA World Cup uh, stadium construction sites. Well, this is contradict uh, contradictory to what we know is happening in Russia, in Qatar. And, uh, you know, so uh, they say they condemn uh, human rights, but uh, they do absolutely nothing, uh, uh, you know, absolutely nothing to stop it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Have, have you tried to contact them afterwards after, I mean, documenting your findings and stuff like that? No, I haven't uh, contacted them uh, officially uh, after uh, this uh, uh, after we published the story. But I, uh, so uh, so I, I hope uh, you know other news organizations can 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 do that because uh, uh, you know uh, we should put pressure on FIFA because they can't uh, uh, you know after the, the, every scandal uh, uh, with. Uh, uh, with the mass arrests in uh, Switzerland and uh, the fall of uh, uh, Blatter and Platini, you know, uh, uh, FIFA president uh, Gianni uh, Infantino promised a change, a change, uh, and we have seen nothing of the change, uh, change he was uh, preaching, but uh, just more of the same.
I mean, just before we sort of round off the whole podcast, uh, Havard, I just want to, there's been a lot of, um, especially in Britain, seeing as we lost the bid to Russia in 2018, and there's lots of calls for a boycott. Do you think a boycott, I mean, so, I mean, Confederations is so close now, and the World Cup, of course. Do you think a boycott is the right way to go about it? Uh, uh, personally, uh, yes. Uh, you know, Yusimara, uh, our magazine, we have um, uh, for every major uh, championship for, for Euro 2016, Euro 2012, the World Cup uh, 2014, the World Cup uh, 2010, we have uh, done uh, a, a, a double issue, uh, you know, uh, on just these championships. Uh, on the, the Russian World Cup, on the Qatar World Cup, we, we won't write anything about it. Uh, because uh, we think it's wrong uh, that, uh, you know, uh, the biggest sport in the world um, uh, exploit uh, poor workers uh, the, the way they have been doing for the last uh, few years. So can I just confirm that, that Hosimar will not be writing about these championships? No, 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 nothing. Okay. Um... I mean, I guess I'm just going to leave the floor open again because my line of inquiry, as much as I regretfully have to say, has finished. I mean, Andrew or Tokra, are there any sort of lasting comments you'd like to add? Well, I mean, Harold, I think what you what you mentioned there of suggesting the boycott is is something. I think it's actually that would be a popular opinion of many people um, from what I've seen across you know across the media from different countries. I. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know what my honest opinion about what would actually work. Um, it would certainly provide, it would certainly provide a shock um, to say, look, we are not going to stand up for the horrific abuses of migrant workers among, and, and I see that as a very important part, but it unfortunately is only one part of the problems. Um, I've seen other people suggest as well that, in fact, staging it would actually also would have an effect in bringing even more international attention to the country. Honestly, I don't know what my my real opinion is. Um, although the one thing I would suggest is that the problem is, and this is in no way excusing what has gone on so far, in particular in your investigation. I mean, it's just shocking stuff. But um, I, I would suggest that there are problems, as you touched upon, at the highest levels, at FIFA, at UEFA, um, and at other other countries that have staged the World Cup too, we've seen huge problems in South Africa, in, in Brazil. Um, I, I'm, I'm not trying to excuse it in any way. I really am not, but I'm just I'm just wondering if the problem, and I do believe it is, so deeply ingrained, so widely spread. I honestly don't know what the answer is, um, but I, I wonder at times whether FIFA. I'm not trying to protect FIFA because I can't stand the organisation personally, but I I wonder what they are actually able to do other than use a boycott. And financially, as you've mentioned, it's such a danger to them. I don't see that ever happening. Um, I mean, is there any way you think FIFA should be given more power uh, legally, financially? I mean, I, I don't see it, but I mean, do you think there's anything that FIFA could be done to enable them to stamp out on this? sort of problem you know i think that fifa is a rotten to the core uh, uh, so i think uh, you know uh, football new, uh, needs a new start 
Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's no different. Of course, uh, Putin uses the World Cup 2018 as a propaganda tool, but so would the US or England or any other country, you know, hosting the World Cup. Uh, the main problem here, in my opinion, is, uh, is uh, the organizing uh, of international football. Um, this is uh, too big a responsibility to, to, responsibility, uh, to, to hand over to, to the crooks in, uh, in Switzerland. And um, Toka, just a last thing from you, really. Oh, I just want to thank you very much for sharing all your knowledge with us, really. Um, it's been... It's been really interesting to hear about all the findings and and your discoveries and and, and opinion in general. So yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and joining us for this. Okay, thank you for having me. It's, I mean, how about just before we finish off? Like I said, you you're from Hosimar, I still can't pronounce that. But um, just while, while you're here, you feel free to sort of plug your magazine and your website. We'd be really happy for you to do that. Uh, oh, I'm a bad uh, salesman. I, I, but uh, if you want to, you know, uh, uh, read about, uh, you know, football politics, Yusimar, uh, uh, you know, this is uh, one of the, the uh, one of our focus areas. So uh, from time to time, we we, we publish uh, articles on our website on English, and um, uh, uh, you know, give us a follow. I mean, I have to be honest. I hadn't heard of you till till this whole scandal, but I have to, I'm going to be reading you regularly from now on. I have to say. I mean, uh, okay, sounds good. Good stuff. I mean, how about again? It just I like Toka said, and on behalf of the whole of Russian football news, really, we really like to thank you for coming on and giving us your time. I mean, it it has gone over time just because we've been so interested in your insights. So again, just uh, thank you, thank you for coming on. <laughs> okay, thank you, yeah. thank you guys, thank, thank you, thank you. Okay, so listeners, that has been the, the Russian Football News Podcast. We hope you've really enjoyed Havard's insight there. Like I said, the article is available if you go to Hosimar's Twitter feed or hosimar.no. Uh, but again, just um, thank you for listening to this special edition and we'll see you on the next podcast.